Welcome to the Ripple Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brad Long. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Ripple Fishing Report. And on today's show, we're going to talk to Captain Justin Leak over in Panama City Beach. How you doing, Captain Justin? Brad, I'm doing wonderful. Man, How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic, man. It's uh, it's warm outside, but you know that's uh, that's August, so Ooh. not going to complain. I know you know that for that. sure, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Had a few days. Fred brought a little bit of of a cool breeze, but now that's gone. So yeah, back to August. <laughs> yep. You know what is funny about August? People think I'm crazy when I say this, but we see some signs of cooling down. I remember now, you telling me that. So yes. Let, yeah. So. So here's the catch to that, okay? I said we see signs of coat pulling down. <laughs> right, it doesn't actually cool down. <laughs> yeah, which is is something, you know. It's a start. It's uh, right now. I'll take anything I can get. Um, most everybody would, but yeah. um, one of those signs is we leave at six o'clock in the morning. Um, pretty much our entire dock does, uh, basically from about I don't know mid April through. October. Okay. So, so we leave at six o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's like, that's just our time. That's our schedule. And obviously we like to be out there early. Um, most of the summer, like when I'm tarpon fishing, June and July, when I leave at six o'clock, the sun's up. Yeah. It's, uh, we're, you know, I, I don't use my, my nav lights and my spreader lights and all that. When I get to the dock, it's already a little light, and by the time we leave at six, it's it's good light, you know. And I'm running down the beach with the sun on my back. Well, right now, when I get to the dock, just after five in the morning, it's black dark. Yeah. <laughs> when I get down to the boat, I'm turning all my spreader lights on so I can get all my tackle rigged and ready and get the boat prepared to to go fishing. Um, and then when I leave at six o'clock right now, I'm turning my running lights on because the sun has not come up yet. Yeah. So that's hint number one. The days are getting shorter and the sun is coming up a little later, about a minute later every day. Yep. That's uh so, that's an interesting so Yeah, that's that's a you know, it's interesting how that's why I love doing this, man, because I talk to you guys that are that that have got your your finger on the pulse of of what's happening um to this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like where it's like the days are getting longer, that means it's gonna be moving into fall. You know, or yeah. that we're moving into fall, even though it's uh, we're still months away from any kind yeah. of it, Yes, it is hot. Don't don't <laughs> mistake me there. It is hot, but also at that first daylight, um, you know, we've been getting more northeast winds right at daylight. Yep. Uh, so you do feel a little cooler for about that first two hours of the morning. Yeah. Um, it doesn't take till about eight o'clock. <laughs> And then it's already getting steamy. That's it. Then yeah. Then it's then you realize oh no, it's August. It's it's not nice. Mm. It's not nice out. It's miserably hot. Yeah. So you mentioned tarpon. What are you seeing uh, lately as far as tarpon? Are they are they done? Yeah, for the most part, I have not caught one in the past couple of weeks. I honestly haven't fished for them in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, with that being said, um, I. Uh, I was on a nice school of redfish for the past couple of weeks for about two weeks straight. I fished the same school and which was nice. Cause I was literally the only boat on them. I've just kind of found them all by themselves and they're in a little deep pocket. And that happens a lot in this dog days of summer. If you find something, it's usually in deeper water. Yeah. Um, especially if you, if, if the fish are moving into their kind of midday. Yeah. And, when you find that, um, 
it's usually on a certain part of the tide. Whether and that's what the the question of what's better, incoming tide, outgoing tide. It's hard to say. So this school of fish, I'm going to describe it and see if people can apply this to different things because I do this a lot. First off, side imaging is kind of like required to do this. But I will literally turn my trolling motor on and just get it at a set speed, you know, about about half speed, maybe even a little faster than half speed. Yeah. And just cruise down these edges in about three to four feet of water, especially if you look at aerials and you see little pockets and cuts and troughs. You want some kind of contours. Yep. But I literally was trolling motor along and the whole right side of my screen just lit up and i was like well i don't know what it is but i want to find out so i took a handful of pilchards and you know a spotlight right there as soon as i saw them and threw them in there and literally every bait that hit the water it was like a frenzy of redfish really yeah so i said all that to say a couple of times while i've been sitting there catching these redfish i've had some tarpon come rolling by Really? And I haven't hooked one yet doing it. Um, I can't see them. Um, like with my eyes, the water in our bay is really dark, really yeah. black. Yeah. But I actually see them on the side imaging. Usually first, I'll be like, oh, there's three tarpon. See them right there? They look like tarpon on the screen. Wow. And then every once in a while, one of them will come up and roll. So then you're like, that confirms it. Yeah. And, the, and you're inshore. You're in the bay. Yeah, that's in the bay. Yeah, you- there is definitely a population of tarpon that will stay in our bay. Um you know, really to like October. Okay. Now they're very unreliable. That's why I don't really target them. Um, one day they'll be out in the middle of the bay on these little balls, the red minnows. Yeah. And, and then the next day, some of them will be up rolling around at the bridges. Um, they just kind of roam and meander. They will bite and I've caught them. Um, you know, but they're typically just, they're not on a real good pattern and they're not reliable. So that's why I don't try to target them, but it is cool to see them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I've always kind of wondered, and and you hear um, about the random tarpon being caught at the bridge, um, kind of all summer yep. long and and into the fall, and so I know they kind of come in there, and I just wonder if they if they stick around, if they're true residents, or if they kind of bail at some point just later. You know, maybe they get lost or something. Yeah. Well, I, I think that they know their way through our bay. I think that they move in there purposely to feed. Uh, there's a lot of bait in our bay right now, and I, th- I think that that's not by accident. Um, now I do think that some of them stay year round and stay through the winter. Yeah. And I don't know that they really plan to do that. I think that they're just here like in November and then it actually starts to cool off and they just decide to stay. Yeah. But, but the only reason I know that is because I think I've told those stories before, um, when we've had some extreme freezes, um, uh, there have been some some fish kills, mainly just on the tarpon. Yeah, yeah, and that um, makes I've sense. seen some big big dead tarpon from some, you know, about once uh, every ten years maybe we get a really really hard freeze, and uh, it will kill some of those big tarpon that did stay. Um, but that's the only way that you would know they were here. I'm sure they're sitting out there. You know, our bay is really deep. A lot of, of areas of our bay you can get to sixty feet of water. Yeah. So I would imagine when the temperatures just really drop off they probably get out there in some of those deep deep areas stay down deep in the water and that protects them from that cold a good bit but obviously some of them that get yeah do you think and and i'm just asking out of curiosity because i completely agree with what you said do you have you ever seen them in in pretty shallow water when it cools off not really 
Because and I'm asking just because you know it would it would warm that water. I mean, you know they'll they'll kind of sun sometimes, and and I just wonder oh, yeah, if they would they get in there and and do something like that, kind of like how you would see a redfish when it gets cold. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you know I haven't really, but it might be just because I'm not in the right area. Because when I'm on the water in the fall, or really in the winter, starting in in November when it really starts dropping off and getting cold. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the shallows, but I'm in the real shallows, yeah, like, like a foot or less of water. Yeah, like they wouldn't even fit. Yeah, they wouldn't fit up there. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, so out there in three or four feet of water, could there be some tarpon, you know, in the middle of the day trying to warm up? Certainly, there could be. Um, I'm just not out there to, to notice that. Yeah, but I bet you're right. I bet you they're hanging in the deep stuff. Because, man, if, you, if people saw a, a, a mature adult tarpon laid up, in three or four feet of water yeah. around, I mean, it would be like headline. Somebody news would or, know. You know what I mean? Like we would know, you would know for sure. Yeah. You would think, but yeah, that's wild, man. It's just, it's funny how all this works. Cause I mean, you know, Brant's every last year and this year, both he's run into little schools of juvenile target yeah, in, in Pensacola right. Bay. And it's like, man, I had no idea. I'm like, I, I really hope there's one day will be enough of a juvenile population at least there that there's a, a legitimate fishery for it. Cause man, that's yeah. a, that's a good time. Oh yeah. Those little, yeah, little, that... little 15 pound babies, you know, man, Oh God. Uh, you can make a day out of that. If you, if you can get on, I, I would just about rather have those than the big ones we have all summer. I can tell you, I would for sure, <laughs> especially on a fly rod, you know, cause yeah. uh, you're actually going to land more of them and they're not going to be all stressed and you're not going to be all stressed. And you know, it's just a lot more fun. Yeah. Or it's equal, uh, it's equal amounts of fun. Let me say that. It's that's not, right. Not it's fun, fun in a different way. That's, that's it. For sure. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, so that, you know, that's interesting. And I remember you telling us last year that the first tropical system of the year is kind of the end of tarpon <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah, it is. And, yep. uh, and mainly, you know, the, the fish we do have become real hard to see. The yep. water is real dirty right now. Um and I, you know, even on the beach before this tropical storm, I had seen a couple wads of fish, you know, nice groups, 15 or 20 fish out on the beach, just like we see during the peak of the season. You know, they're, they're much fewer, those groups are, and yeah. further between. Um, but there was still some groups out there. But, but this, for the, for the most part, um, kind of wraps that up. Yeah. So how did your season go, tarpon-wise? Numbers seem Ooh. in line. Do you, you have a good... Uh... A good experience and put a lot of fish in the boat or how how would you gauge it yeah i would say our our fish catch numbers were average um which is good yeah you know um i typically my boat catches i don't want to put numbers on it because then people have unrealistic expectations but we we catch them consistently every day yeah and throughout the season and i would say our numbers were pretty on par this year but I will say this, I've never worked this hard to try to catch those fish. I worked harder this year, probably times three than I ever have. I covered more miles. I burned twice as much gas. Um, we just had really tough conditions. Yeah. It's funny because I really didn't post anything on social media for a while just because I had, you know, a lot of areas to myself and yeah. I didn't want to encourage people to come out there. Yeah. And, um, uh, but we filmed some great shows. You'll see some, you know, if you catch up on Chasing the Sun uh, starting in January, you're going to see some tarpon shows, and you're going to go, dang, man, it looks beautiful. The, the fishing's awesome. Like, yeah. it looks great. What, what was Justin talking about? Well, 
like I said, <laughs> we edit out the time and and miles put in to find those groups of fish. Yeah. So the conditions were very tough. We had a lot of dirty water. It was rough. Um, just one of those things where you can either give up and go do something else that's easier, or you can work harder and still accomplish your goals. Just took no more time, blood, sweat, tears, dollars, and gasoline to yeah. do it. Yeah. So that was an option I took. Yeah. And and I'm proud of you for taking it so you can give us reports. Because I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you, I did not take that. Uh, that option yeah. <laughs> I, I i took my boat into the gulf of mexico and ran the beaches looking for tarpon twice yeah. and one time it was too early and, yeah. I, and i knew it was too early but i was looking for those you know that's right so you got to yep. start sometime right they, that's right that's exactly right you but, can do it you can do it early just gonna be a little tougher yeah. um but that's just what it is and that's kind of who i am um you know <laughs> i always wonder and question myself if it's a blessing or a curse, but my wife would probably say a curse, but I can be extremely stubborn, extremely. And when I get kind of set on something like that's my deal during the summer, I mean, to, to the point where, where my boat, which is my largest investment, uh, in my career, um, and probably my life, I, feel like it probably almost it, it actually did cost more than my first house there you go. um <laughs> so it's a but but to me all those things suddenly become disposal yeah like if i split this boat in half and it sinks right here i'm okay with that because i'm gonna i'm gonna de- destroy this thing trying to catch the tarpon so i, I, I feel i feel up. that way too if i really <laughs> okay. if i if i destroy tackle if i destroy yeah. my boat if i destroy what new, i what i don't i yeah, would new rather tackle rod drills i'm like i, I could care see. less that's what i bought that's it what for. here for yes yeah okay but Good. you're making me feel a little better yeah no i'm the same way i but if uh if you know if somebody rear ends my boat that's yeah. that sucks you know oh, I mean? yeah, like, that's different but if i do something you know something happens while i'm i'm you know pursuing something like this I, that's what that's what we do this for partially is the adventure of it all so if, yeah. if if you get caught up in that moment and something happens that's just part of that adventure you know what i mean yep. that's why we have insurance or savings accounts or whatever you got and <laughs> that's right you know what i mean so you know that's why i have it that's what i do that's you know that's uh, the guy my, my my buddy that works on my boat um he now knows how I operate the boat, so he knows to look at specific things in the off season and you know replace yeah. certain things. He kind of knows what to look for. And I told him, I said, "Look, I, I bought a boat to pull around, and it's a shallow water boat. And by God, I'm running it in shallow water. That period. That's just what I'm going to yeah. do. You know. And if I run aground yeah. and rip the, you know, whatever, I, I'll replace it. That's what I bought it for. You know. Yeah, that's exactly right. Push your equipment to the limits and. That'll put you in the the spot you want to be in, in yep. my opinion. Yeah, it's what makes it fun. It's what yeah. adds to the whole element that we're all kind of going after. You know, that's exactly right. And I, I think I apply that to everything. I mean, like today, for example. So to transition from the tarpon, now that that's kind of wrapping up. Um, I've been doing a lot of red fishing. That's been really good. And whether you're doing the bridge deal, um, the pass, the the schools in the bay, that's one thing this time of year that I don't mind about the heat. It does seem to concentrate some of these, you know, these flats that just have scattered fish on them. Yeah. Um, you know, pockets and edges and, and troughs and stuff like that. You will find contours where it'll drop off to, you know, from a flat that's two feet deep to a trough or a little pocket on there that's four or five feet deep. 
And you will find a lot of those fish will congregate in those pockets. And when you can find those, um, you know, I enjoy that. It's great for, for guide fishing because you can basically sit in one spot and, you know, we're live chum with pilchards, which a lot of people aren't going to do because basically the time and effort put into catching a level full of pilchards can be a little extreme as well. Yep. Um, but we know that once we do that, our chances of success are pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. So, so that's why we go through that trouble to do, do it that way. Honestly, if I was just kind of recreational, having a good time out there, I'd be slinging topwater plugs early in the morning and doing it that way. Um, because catching a bunch of fish is not a priority having fun's a priority. Right. But, but with that being said, you know, I kind of don't, don't mind the heat. So we have a couple good options in the Bay right there, but after this storm, um, I mean, our Bay is just, it's black. I mean, it, it almost has like a purple color. To did, it. It, did it ever clear up, man? I mean, was there ever a period? It started to a little bit, and I knew, I just knew, because it seems like every year this happens, same thing. As it started to clear up, I, before we had a forecast of any storms coming, I knew not to get excited about it, because <laughs> it's just, it's August. Yep. I mean, it's August on the Gulf Coast. You're going to get a lot of rain. Yeah. And so certainly saw this tropical storm coming. I thought, well, there that goes. Yep. Um, so now we're back to purple water. And uh, <laughs> that that does, it doesn't kill the bay fishing, but it makes it tough. It makes it tough enough where as long as it's calm out in the Gulf right now, that's where I'm going to be. Yeah. And see, that's that kills me because I, I'm a, I like to sight fish. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard enough this time of year. You almost can't do yeah. it, you know, but I would still try not in the real shallow stuff, but now with the bay, you know, being like I assumed it would be, um, I'm just not, uh, you can't do that, you know? So, yeah. And, and look, I like catching them every other kind of way too, you know? Um, sure. but, but again, you know, when you, when you're, when you're limited time and, and you're a weekend warrior and, and you come down there, you have one day that month, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, you want to, you want to pull around and see something. Um, I hate that the, that the water's like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it, it's part of our, part of the cycle. Yeah. I, I got to think that it happens for a good reason. It kind of moves everything around, gives certain things a break too. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one thing I look at the fishing pressure that we have around here and a good storm makes everybody change their pattern, get on something different, give those fish a break. And as things clear out, you know, then we kind of transition on to different stuff anyway. So I think at the end of the day, it might hurt you immediately because you have to go find a new hot bite. Right. But, but I tend to learn stuff when that happens because I'm forced to look for something new. Yeah. Um, so that keeps you learning stuff. And man, I tell you what, that's one of the funnest things about what I do is when I find a new bite, something that didn't exist before, something that that it did exist, but it didn't exist to me because I didn't know about it. Um, that's the most rewarding thing. We, we guys love to talk about, you know, we love seeing our clients catch, you know, their first fish, their biggest fish, their, their whatever bucket list fish they have. And that is true. Um, that was probably, you know, I would say that's probably like, you know, number two on my list. Yeah. But number one on my list is discovering a fishery that has always existed that I or other people I know didn't know about. Yeah. What's, and then what's learning. the most recent that you've discovered? Cause I got to think, man, between you and all the gods that you work with, 
there can't be many yeah. things you guys haven't seen, you know? There is because it's always changing. Yeah. So we're losing, we're le- losing those as well. You know, there's certain schools of redfish or certain place points that we, you know, we're, we're always just covered with pilchards where we would catch bait and, um, you know, like big, uh, shallow bars and edges that we would live chum to catch trout and Spanish mackerel and stuff like that. Yeah. We have you know, just random stuff, uh, reef fishing stuff. We have stuff that goes away all the time. Every yeah. year we lose, we lose a few of our little, you know, tricks in our bag of tricks. Right. Um, so as we lose those, we're forced to be finding the next one. So it seems like every year we discover a few new things. Yeah. And those things probably existed. We just didn't know about it. Yeah. And I feel like there's always more out there to find. And, you know, like I found one about a month ago that was these, these redfish. I kind of left them alone for a little bit because I just didn't need them. I was doing a bunch of other stuff. But then as soon as those bites dried up, I was like, I sure hope those redfish are still there. Yeah. And one morning I pulled up, didn't even look on my side imaging, kind of scanned the area or anything. I just pulled up, had three people, three baits hit the water, and in about 30 seconds, all three of them were hooked up on a redfish. Nice. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, it's just, I mean, these people think I'm like the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> yeah. And like, I just happened upon those fish. Now, it doesn't happen just by luck. I happen to be out there spending a lot of time right. looking for stuff like that. Yeah, and and because of that, but the fact that, that those fish on the same part of the tide were back in the exact same spot, um, it doesn't always work out like that. But when it does, it that to me is is the most rewarding um, part of it. Yeah, I bet for and me. You know something that amazes me: all you guys do this, um, all, all all four of you that 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 we talk to and hear from, um. And I and I, I assume I tell myself it's because you do it professionally. You do it every day, and it's your job, right? Um, yeah. But you guys all, I mean, uh, you know, the notes and the detail of the things that you either kind of remember and sort of put on the back burner so you can reapply it to a situation later, or or however you do it. Um, yeah. All you guys are really good about having those just tiny details that all play into creating a scenario to to catch fish, and then you you know over the years you have so much. Um, just information that kind of leads you to the next spot or to whatever. And as a, rec- a recreational guy, weekend guy, um, I don't do that. And it's partially because I'm there to have, you know, I'm there for a day or two and I, I want to have yeah. fun and, and logging data in, in my mind or making notes or just even just, you know, what tide phase am I in? You know, how deep is the water? Are there fish here? Just even those details, I, I really don't do a good job of documenting at all. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, well, I I remember it, but no, I don't I don't put it to memory like you guys do. You know, yeah, I wish I could take credit for being this, you know, this person that's so organized. Because on the outside, a lot of people think I'm like that because my boat looks like that. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I mean, I'm I, I guess I'm kind of known for my clean boat, organized boat, uh, and my backup for backups. I got a, a backup live well pump for my, my main pump. And then for that backup, I have another one sitting in the, uh, uh storage compartment in my spare parts <laughs> thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do have some of that where I, I like to be a planner. I like to be organized, but what's funny when it comes to the reports and like what you're talking about right there and remembering these things, I actually have a method that I'm going to, this is my pro tip for the day. All right. Let's and, hear it. Cause I need it, man. <laughs> Justin's pro tip for the day was 
was blind luck. And basically it all goes down to all my friends hate me for this. I use an Android phone. I've never owned an iPhone in my life. Now, the reason was because back in the mid, I guess it was about 08, 09, somewhere in there, um, when smartphones were just coming out, maybe 05, I don't remember, whenever that was. Yeah. No, probably 7, 8. Anyways, when smartphones came out, okay, this is how Justin buys a smartphone. I walk into the store with my flip phone. It's probably a Motorola, like, I can't remember what they're called, like an i90 or something. Yeah. Anyways, so I walk into the the uh, the um, cell phone store. I said, I want to upgrade my phone, get one of these smartphones I keep hearing about. Because my homeboy, as a matter of fact, I remember it was Christian Jurgens is his name. He's a fishing guide. And uh, I said, uh, we were out there talking fishing today, and Christian pulled up the radar on his phone. And I was pretty jealous of that. I need to be able to pull up the radar on my phone. So I want we I want one of the smartphones. And they're yeah. like, Well, we have these we have these iPhones. It's probably like the iPhone one. Yeah. And we have that or we have the Samsung phone. And I was like, Oh, okay, I don't know what's what. You know, tell me what's the best. And they're like <laughs> I guess this is another part of small town Panama City. Mm-hmm. I know the guy working at the cell phone store and he says, Most people buy the iPhones. Um, he said, But the Samsung phone is actually waterproof. Oh. And the iPhone's not. <laughs> So literally that was it. Yeah. I was like, I'll take the waterproof one. Yeah. <laughs> so from day one, I had a, a Samsung phone and which by waterproof, uh, it's water resistant, but I will say it has, I mean, I have been through a heck of a lot of these over whenever that was, you know, 12, 13 years ago and I've had great luck with them. So I've kind of stuck with it just for that reason. Yeah. Now all my friends hate it because they try to text me videos <laughs> And then every group text that I'm on, when they put a video on there, it shrinks them down to these ridiculous little thumbnail file sizes. Yeah. And you can't see anything. <laughs> so nobody likes me because of that part. But here's the one plus side. This is where the pro tip comes in. All right. Okay. Because because I was very simple and lucky in my choice, I set up a Google account, which you have to do, I guess, to run a uh, Android phone. Yep. And and iPhones do this too, I know. So that's why I wanted to say this. You can probably apply this to an iPhone somehow. But from day one, um, every picture I take on my phone gets, when I get home and get on my Wi-Fi, uh, it uploads it to my Google Drive or Google Photos or whatever it is. Yeah. So since I'm looking at it right now, since 2010, um, so that was 11 years ago, I have every picture that I've ever taken, not on this phone, on lots of different phones, you know, that uploaded to that Google account. Yeah. So what I do is it's August. It's the middle of August. Starting in 2010, I'll go to every mid-August date on here, and I'll see every picture, I mean, just hundreds of pictures and I start flipping through and you see patterns. It is so funny because I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that day. Look where we're at. We caught those fish there. We caught bait there. I mean, yeah. I'll see so much about that day. Look, I'm looking at it right now. I don't even know who these people are, but I'm looking at a picture that has some of the biggest mangrove snappers you've ever seen. And you know what? We caught one today that was probably about six pounds. Really? I mean, yeah, we caught some giants. And so, like, if I kind of hit a slow spot and I'm struggling some, I always go back to my Google photos account and I start scrolling through that month's pictures 
I'm looking at them right now. Man, it's crazy. When you, <laughs> when I see a picture, how it brings these memories back, not just what we were catching, but where we were at, you know, how we were fishing. Um, now, I will say that I don't know if that's just a, a special thing or what, but when I see these pictures, I can usually remember what tide I was fishing these spots on. Um, I just remember every detail of it. So that helps me go back. I do not keep good records. Um, I wish I did, but I don't. So I go back and look through all these photos. I see what I was doing at that time, 10 years ago. And most of the time you can go back and repeat those same things. Yeah. You know, Lionel does something similar. He he's an iPhone guy, but he, he does exactly what you're saying, but on his and yours probably does it too. It'll, you can set it up, I guess, where it'll give you even GPS coordinates. So like what, yeah. what he would do is um, it would tell you the time of day that you took the picture, the GPS coordinates of where you are, and then, of course, the date. And uh, he would take pictures of docks. Like if he, if, you know, whatever, oh, he's yeah. catching docks, he can be like, okay, this this dock, and, and he's done it where, you know, this time of year we caught fish on this dock. Click. And then, yeah. so now he can go back and he knows what that means. And it's like, okay, well, in the spring we fished this dock, this dock, not that dock, but then this dock down here. And he can just kind of go and pick through um, – and I don't know how often he does that with like other spots, but he just, in the context of docks, he mentioned that that's what he does. And um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense yeah. because let's face it. I mean, most docks eventually look the same. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for you guys. Cause you're out there every day, you know? And, and so, yeah. but yeah, I, I, that's, that's a very good pro tip. And, but I'll say this, and, and this is another thing I got to get better about. Um, I don't know if anyone's noticed on social media and Instagram and things. I don't take a lot of pictures. Uh, and and I don't know why it's, that used to be me. I dude, I am when I'm on the water, I'm in the moment, and that's it. Yeah, you know. And I so pictures like if I'm and a lot of times I'm by myself, you know. And so I don't, I, you know, if it's just me, I'll try to take a. Honestly, I try to do it more now because of this podcast because I want things to put out on social media. Yeah, you know. And I, but I just don't. Yeah, you know, I'm still bad about. Uh, I'm you know I don't know the phone and and taking the picture is is not top of mind. Until I get yeah. get the fish, and then if I'm by myself and it's a 40 inch redfish, it's like okay, now what? I got to get the phone and try to forget it, you know. Yeah. Well, remember this: take the picture, if nothing else, just so you can go back and remember it. Right, even if it's a crappy one, yeah. Yeah, that's what I got to do. I got to get all that set up because that's a nice. I, I would be the same way. I would remember details just from, especially if I've got a buddy with me, or you know, because again, I'm not out there every day. You know, so it's, yeah. it'd be a little easier to remember more individualized trips like that. So the redfish is hot. Um, tarpon's done. What else? Uh, uh, I guess offshore, near shore. Reef. Yeah, reef stuff's yeah. good. I'm sure, right? Mahis. Mahis. Uh, tons of mahis, yeah. Well, That's and you been know, my, my go-to. And honestly, they, they shrunk in size somehow throughout this storm. <laughs> think a lot of times when the water gets dirtier, I always say the, the, the prettier the water, the bigger the mahis. Okay. You yeah. know, if you ride far enough, eventually you're going to hit really pretty water and really, really nice fish. Um, you know, but that might be 50 miles and I'm not going to ride out there. Yeah. So I kind of waited out and hope that those fish move inshore to me. Um, but if they don't, uh, we usually have, if you find some grass and bait, it's all conditions. I mean, it's a one, and I like fisheries like that. I love looking for the right conditions and finding all those things. Like this morning, I didn't know what I was going to find this 
today was the first day since the tropical storm that I ran offshore. And, um, you know, I just told him as we were riding, I'm like, look, we're starting to see bait everywhere. Um, flying fish. I started to see birds diving, seeing little patches of grass. And I told them, I said, I don't know when or where, but we're going to find some dolphin eventually. And I mean, like literally one time we were just sitting there bottom fishing for snapper and trying to catch mangroves. And a guy was winding up a pilchard off the bottom and had a dolphin chase it up to the surface and eat it. There you go. Yeah. And I was like, see, there you go. We just had all the ingredients here. And if you have all those things, eventually they're going to, they're going to find you or you're going to find them. Yep. Are you, so, uh, are you, these storms a lot of times will, will bring these weed lines closer in. Are you seeing anything like that out of Fred? I'm not because it, it actually hit more right on us. Like yeah. if it would have hit just west of us to Destin or, or Pensacola, we would have certainly seen that. Um, but being that it kind of came right over the top of us, we can't, can we, we didn't get any one wind. We got them all, yeah. you know, we basically got 360 degrees. Um, you know, we even sat in the eye for about 30 minutes where it just completely went, the eye went straight. Not that it was any big, great storm by any means, but, uh, you know, but it did kind of get organized and, and had a, a, a formed eye when it came over us. And so it was kind of cool for it to, to rain, rain and blow. And then all of a sudden, boom, yep, it's kind of sunny right now and everything's <laughs> nice. And then about, about 30 minutes later, oh, here comes the other side of it. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, so because of that, we got a circular motion, we got all the winds, um, so it wasn't any like straight push of water, but like, if you went just East a little bit, maybe the Carabel Panacea or something like that, they got that, that consistent southerly wind. Um, no, it's not fortunate for them because they don't really have a lot of that type of fishing over there, but they probably did get a lot of grass and stuff that pushed inshore. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what's always neat. You know, these, the, 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 the fresh water, as much as it ruins the bay system, for sight fishing and other, I say ruin it. It doesn't ruin it. Like you said, yeah. I, I think there's a deep down, I think there's a, 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 an improvement that happens. If nothing else, it's, you know, bringing in uh, things that feed the, the microscopic stuff that, yes. you know, so, I mean, there's, there's good that comes of it. So, but there is. for our purposes of looking for fish, it's not good. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's just, it's interesting how everything has uh, a good and bad. It's just mother nature, man. It's just the God, yeah. God's plan and the way things come together. It's just so interesting how, you know, it's, it, 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 well, I mean, even Michael, you know, a few years ago, I mean, as much as it, it, as much damage and everything from a natural perspective, yeah, it did, it did some good, you know, kind of flushing some things out and, and sure. rearranging some stuff. And I don't know. I, I just, it's just the way it works. And so you can't, I, I try to not complain about it too much because it is a kind of a necessity. I think that we don't fully understand, but, um, the good, the obvious good stuff are like those weed lines and some of the things you're saying that it, it sort of gives things a break and kind of focuses people's attention in other, uh, other directions. Yeah, no doubt. It's well, a man. big flush. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, uh, next time, let's not make it so long of a, of a time <laughs> next time. Uh, but you know, honestly, I kind of knew the deal. I mean, I've been, I've been in and out of town and, and I yeah. knew it was kind of a mess down there. And then we had this pop up at the last minute. Uh, so you know, that's right. It's, it's been a minute. We got a lot of catching up to do. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, I'll, uh, let's try to do it again next week. And, uh, or, or what, what's your, what's your plans this week? Have you, I'm sure you got some trips lined up, but are yeah. you redfish and, and, and reef, huh? That's it. I, pretty much every morning I give my, my crew the option. I'm like, 
do you want to keep anything? If the answer is a no, we're going to go catch some redfish. If the answer is yes, we're not going redfishing. Yep. <laughs> we're going to ride out in the Gulf and go catch mahis and mangrove snappers. Yep. And triggerfish and amberjacks and yep. all kinds of stuff. Now, That's right. But, uh, for this brief moment. Oh, I got, I know what I was going to ask you last thing, and then, then we'll wrap up. So, yeah. uh, it's scallop season now, at least in St. Joe. Ooh, and, yeah. I, and I've heard rumors. Um, I've never seen anything, but uh, the Bay system in Panama city had, had anyway, scallops, right? Yes. And there yeah, are still, still some. Does. Okay. There are. Yep. But it is illegal to harvest them here. Okay. Period. No, never. Yep. Open. Period. It, never open. Matter okay. of fact. Um, it has always been illegal, like, cause we run the intercoastal over to St. Joe. Um, yeah. it's actually faster. I can get there faster by boat than I can by vehicle. Um, so, so we ride the intercoastal over there and it is illegal for us to go ride over and scallop, or at least it has been in the past to go scalloping and then ride the intercoastal back home. Cause now we're bringing those scallops into Bay County where scalloping is closed. Uh. Now I did, um, you know, kind of bring that up a while back to some FWC guys, and that has been changed ever since. So you can legally ride over to St. Joe in your boat, harvest scallops legally, and then bring them back. But you have to go straight back to your your dock or your boat ramp or whatever. I so, like, you. if you're fishing or you're hanging out at Shell Island and you got some scallops, even if they did come from St. Joe Bay, you're breaking the law. You have to return straight back to the port you returned from okay. or that you left from. That's good to know because I'm sure you're not the only one out there, um, you know, running to St. Joe by boat this time of year for that reason. Yeah, and it's fun. It's a cool boat ride. Um, I encourage people to do it. I know it stinks because the gas prices are outrageous, (laughs) but uh, you're going to burn some juice going over because, let's face it, you get in the intercoastal where it's slick calm and you got a long ride. Nobody likes to do 20 miles an hour. No. (laughs) So you're going to burn some juice, but but it's well worth it, man. I love doing it. it's a lot of fun. You can, uh, you know, throw some bean bags in the boat, turn the music on, and go for a good cruise. Yeah, I've uh, I got to take my kids to do it, and I don't know if we'll be able to do it this year now that they're back in school. But they would they would really enjoy that. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of the, kind of the perfect thing for kids, really. My dad said <laughs> named it. My dad said this when I was a little kid, and I guess this is how he first sold us on it because he loves it. He said, uh, "It's like Easter egg hunting for food." <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is pretty much and yeah do you, so is there even is there enough of a scallop population in uh the bay system locally there to even get the the limits that they have i mean could you even have like a bucket of scallops if uh out of, out right of now the bay no. system? yeah yeah um when our east pass closed up um that basically shuts off a lot of those scallops from from moving into our bay um so in the past, yes, uh, but now no. Yeah, that's what I thought because I just I personally haven't seen any. Now, I haven't looked for yeah. them, but you would think if there's any kind of population that you could harvest that many that there would you you almost you'd see them. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, there is definitely some, but they are few and far between. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll get that pass open back up, and it'll. And that's what I'm thinking. Maybe once they do that. Our scallops will show back up. Yeah. And wouldn't that be nice for Bay County? Oh, yeah. You know, so there's Just a little bit. One more thing to do. Yeah. Another reason to come to town, you know? Yep. So, 
Well, man, awesome, Justin. Thank you for uh, for bringing us up to speed. Thank you for the the pro tip. Uh, I need to apply that to my own my own fishing adventures. <laughs> we'll see if I do make or sure not. make sure you're taking a lot of pictures, even if they're not great pictures. Take pictures and make sure they're getting backed up somewhere, so that ten years from now you can look back and have a whole lot of fishing info. I should do that anyway. You know, as That's a parent right. and all that, because I wonder. It's like you know, like you go through your your old childhood photos that are actual Kodak photos. And it's like, what happens to all this crap? <laughs> you know, 10 <laughs> years ago, like, where are those? I know I took them. I know there's a video from Christmas when my, yeah. you know, where is it? I have no idea. It's somewhere in the, in the ether out there. I hope. Yeah. But well, man, I'll get up with you next week. Um, real quick. Tell us how to find you, uh, to book a trip, watch you on TV, all the, all the things you're into. PanamaCityInshore.com. That's a listing of all of our guides. So check us out there. Um, if you want to see us on TV, uh, Chasing the Sun TV comes on Saturday mornings on Discovery Channel. Um, we're off there right the second. It starts back in January. So we're filming stuff right now that you'll see starting in January. Very nice, man. Well, I will reach out to you next week, and we'll try to do this again. Sounds good, Brad. Looking forward to it. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right. See you.